0: what's going on everybody welcome back to my unapologetic perspective here on the mighty motivation network <coughs> Ho,tep to all my people out there i shade to the family out there this is the podcast where we give our point of view of controversial topics from our experience black history and our knowledge as african and americans in the words of maya angelou do your best until you know better and when you know better do better so it's important to search for information to discover what you don't know so you can discover your best you I am your host Martre Stevens, aka Baker, and I'm here with my co-host to the right of me is Shaquan Battle. What's up? And to the right of him is Jerome Battle. What's up? Thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for everybody who's liked the Facebook page, and uh, we got some new subscribers on on the YouTube channel from this previous episode. Um, a lot of the youth liked the uh, the post from two weeks ago, just talking about the youth taking leadership. Um, got some good insight from, from the youth, from that, uh, that topic. Uh, we appreciate all, all the love, and support we've been getting. Um, we love y'all, uh, continue to, um, send us messages, comments, um, in-person conversations, uh, to be able to expand the, the knowledge of, of, of the people out there to, to create these conversations so we can create change. Absolutely. Um, Current event coming up tomorrow, which we, in honor of, we will hold our middle fingers up to the camera. (laughs) Mm. That's right, Christopher Columbus Day. F you. That's right. (laughs) Um, how are y'all? I'm good now. (laughs) (laughs) We got that out the way. I feel better. We We got got that out the way. Um, this week's topic is very, very important, and I'm glad that we actually are doing this topic because it kind of doing the research on it kind of, um, kind of hit me harder. Um, because of the nature of what this topic discusses and I'll talk about it a little bit, but in my personal life and with my family, it definitely helped me identify some of the things that I may have made it have not been conscious of what I've been saying, um, around certain people. Um, and we're going to get to that in a little bit later. Um, but I want I'm a I'm gonna say the current event, and we're not gonna comment on the current event. We're gonna go through the topic, and then we'll comment on the current event on whether this person was right or wrong, just based off the information that we gave during the podcast. Okay. Okay. So the, today's topic is just talking about the the controversy in history with the mixed race um, in the United States, and I want to do this topic before I even seen. You know, this current event, but the current event was stayed stay still of ESPN comment about Obama identifying as black. Um, when asked what box she checks on the census, still took the opportunity instead to bring up President Barack Obama's racial identity. The 40-year-old, 48-year-old who herself was an African-American, um, who had an African-American father and an Irish-Italian mother, was complaining about having to mark black on the last census because she actually identifies as biracial, which is technically not a racial category, but a racial dis- uh, descriptor. Um, if they make you choose a race, what are you going to put? Well, both still said Barack Obama chose black and he's biracial. Congratulations to the president. That is thing. Uh, I think that's fascinating because his black dad is nowhere to be found but it's white mom and grandma raised them, but okay. You do you, I'm gonna do me. Listen, I'm pretty sure my, my, my white mom was there when I was born. She continues, and my white family loves me as much as my black family. Um, a few people commented and said they still may be confused about how the census works. Uh, since 2000, anyone could select more than one race on the census where responses reflect how a person self-identifies. Respondents are asked to report the race or races that they consider themselves and other members of their household to be. Um, Again, we're going to we're going to hold off on giving our perspective on uh, Sage Steele comment. Was she suspended for that? Yeah, she was. She was suspended for those comments. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But when we go back and we, of course, we go back and look at the history first. uh, Also, she wasn't just suspended for that. It was also her comments about COVID comments about COVID That's and right. she made a comment about women um, right. that That's dress right. a certain way That's okay right. so um, let's look at the mixed racist history uh, we'll start with slavery post slavery um, or even pre-slavery um, the first interracial marriage that we know about is John Rolfe and Pocahontas in 1614 That's right. which was made to keep some kind of peace between the Powhatans and the colonizers but Pocahontas dies when she visits um, Europe and a war breaks out in sixteen twenty two which leads in sixteen sixty four Maryland passed the first anti um anti basically biracial law. This law was intended to prevent marriages between black men and english and english women um in interracial marriage was a fairly common practice during colonial era because white indentured servants and black slaves or black indentured servants as one at one point were Um, we're cohabitating and it's important for the people to understand history that when you look at the Irish, when you look at the Polish, when you look at the Italians, they weren't considered first-class Europeans. You know, they were also considered separate race, which in most times during slavery, they were basically like the overseers in slavery, but before then they were, um, indentured servants who were brought over here for they, they, they owed a debt or they were in prison or whatever the case may be. But they they really didn't see the, the racial factor and was cohabitating with the with the enslaved Africans at the time. So they began to stop this because in order for Europeans to, to keep control over the enslaved Africans and the Native Americans, everything had to be black and white. So America is the first place to put the word black and white as referring, referring to race On their law books In order to maintain white supremacy And you have to Separate that from color As, as we talk about um, So superiority could not Be mixed or be confused So but of course during slavery um, The white Slave owners were still raping black women And having babies with Black women um, But this introduced The concept of the one drop rule, which is the concept that any result of non-whiteness or black blood disqualifies somebody Mm -hmm. from being considered white. Mm -hmm. It's also known as the one black ancestor rule. Um, And this rule was only in the United States. Um, Of course, when we talked about the mixed race, most people identify mixed race people as black, but really they're they're multicultural, they're biracial. Or whatever the case may be, and the term that they used back then was half breed or half human or mulatto. Mm-hmm. So you you'll see that word mulatto. People are actually starting to use that word that word a lot more. But that word actually comes from a derogatory term of um, of two different animals, horse and a donkey, a horse and a donkey coming together, and that's where you get the word mulatto from. And that's half human, half breed, half white, whatever Just the case may be. Just animal in general, right? Right. So in and in, in most colonies if you were born to a white dad you were a slave so let's say if your if your slave mother was black and the slave owner was white and you were born you were born a slave but if you was born to let's say a slave black uh an enslaved african and a white woman had a baby the baby was actually born free but the white mother most of the time had to either pay a fine or they would be in indentured servitude for up to five years or for thirty years for the child, so we see the the discrepancies <laughs> e- either with being born to a black mother or being born to a white mother um But there was no national law um banning interracial marriage, so after slavery, a lot of states started to create laws to ban. Um, interracial marriage and the only place this exists was here in the United States and places in South Africa because they was also colonized and um, also Egypt, Egypt, Germany as well. Germany right. during the um, I think during Hitler's reign. But in the United States, there was no national law that prohibited interracial marriage, but two thirds of the states did so. But confusion reigned when states moved from defining whites as just the the one drop rule. Some states said it was seven eighths. Some states said it was you know. Um, 15, 16, some states said it was, you know, um, no less than, you know, one drop. So a lot. So if we were brothers, we're brothers. You lived in Kentucky. I lived in North Carolina and both our grandmother was black in Kentucky. You would be considered black in North Carolina. I would be considered. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In Kentucky, you would be considered white in North Carolina. I would have been considered black, even though. We both got the same grandmother, but one went by, um, I think it was a one eighth, and one went by a one sixteenth rule. Right. So one eighth,
1: one quarter.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah. And again, <laughs> we go back and look through history. World War One was a, a a huge problem because black soldiers was over there in the mix with Europeans, mm-hmm. because there was no law in Europe that that discriminated against this. So people in America, especially when they got back, this is when they incorporated these um interracial bands again. Because after slavery, again, there was no there was no interracial ban, but they started creating this um especially after World War One. Y'all comments on some of this history. You number know, 1st. You, you sure you're having a good day right now. Nah. You know, Atlanta <laughs> was winning, you know. Um First, let's go. I'm gonna go back a second. So when we talk about mixed race, um, basically, it's multiracial people, people of more than one race or ethnic group, um, which makes them who they are. Obviously, there's probably no but pure anybody on this face of this earth anymore. Right, right, right. So everybody is mixed race by that definition. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is biracial, is when you have parents mm-hmm. that are two different races right so it's the direct descendant from two different races of parents so obviously that's what we're talking about but i want to go back for one quick second and this is the great abraham lincoln <laughs> right while opposed to slavery in a speech in charleston illinois in 1858 abraham lincoln stated i am not nor ever have been in favor of making voters or jurors of Negroes, nor of qualifying them to hold office, nor to intermarry with white people. I, as much as any man, am in favor of the superior position assigned to the white race. So if you go back and look at, listen to any of our previous podcasts, we have said consistently that white America and this government has been out to put Blacks in a certain perspective in history in Mm -hmm. this country. And they continue to do so. Even Abraham Lincoln, who some people think that he was the greatest advocator for Blacks in in American history, and we've heard that recently, says that not so much, okay? Mm -hmm. That he does not think that we should be considered equal Mm -hmm. and that there has to be a distinct difference. And it's up to the law to impose that. Even if you just think about what we just, what Baker just talked about in terms of them deciding what makes somebody black or white in a situation where they have biracial parents Mm -hmm. or grandparents. The time, the energy, the science (laughs) that they put forth in the 17th, 18th century to try to decide that Mm -hmm. tells you that they're really, they're really hating us and do not want us to be considered equal. I find that fascinating. Right. I find that freaking amazing. I'm gonna tell you a story. Trevor Noah, who you guys may know as a comedian, but he's also a talk show host. South Africa born. His mom's black. His dad's white. Mm-hmm. During the apartheid, 1984, mm-hmm. and it is not only against the law for you to intermarry, have an interracial relationship. But to be born a biracial child <laughs> is against the law, mm-hmm. as if this child has some say. Right. So his mom would have to walk on the other side of the street from the dad when they walked in town. Mm-hmm. And the son couldn't even walk near the mom. So Trevor Noah couldn't even walk with his mom on the sidewalk because he was biracial. His mom was black, who was walking in front of her, mm-hmm. and the dad was his dad was across the street. So this is in South Africa. Again at the time during apartheid who controlled the government white people right all right so they go through extremes to create this divide that we're going to talk about because the divide has also taken on the 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 cycle of when the abusers uh the the victims become the abusers mm-hmm. and we're going to see that the way that we black people look at light complected people or people of mixed race
1: mm-hmm. um just like you baked when you started this, you know, we got many cousins that, younger cousins that are biracial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, doing this research, and we also have kids that's biracial as right. well. We both do. Um, This made me cognizant of what I say around them. Yeah. Um, And that, that's the thing is, and then, you know, back then, for them, for the white men to be able to have, children by these black women, you know, whether rape or, because not all of them were raped. Some, some white men wanted to have sex with, with these black women. Um, to, to have the option of to be a father or sell them as slaves or use them as workers is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Most of the time they did all three. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs>
0: and if, if you look at the laws for interracial marriage. Most of them talk about white women. Even when we talk about freeing slaves, one of the things that even the North, even though they did not agree with slavery and wanted the slaves to be freed, they didn't want them to come up North yeah, right. because they didn't want the black men coming and messing with the white, white women. women. Right. So it was always the concern of the black man and the white women. Mm-hmm not necessarily the white man and, and the black, black woman. woman. Right Now, they would they would be treated differently, but none of the laws was really aimed at that. No, it was because, mainly right, aimed at black m- men and white women. Well, In the North, like you spoke about, one of the things that was prominent during that time um, when you look through history is prostitution. So you had a lot of white men going to get black prostitutions. Um, but think about it. If it was reversed, it would be, that still would have been considered, you know, um, against the law or against their ways of thinking. That's right. right. Um, I think when you look at the history, you see the cultural diversity, um, from different places. And when I when I mean by that, okay, so you got North America, Central America, and South America. We know that. The only thing that separates us from those people is where we landed at on, on the on the from where wherever our ship from Africa landed That's on right. the continent. So, but even when you look at the north, you look at the west, you look at the Midwest, and those places are extremely different from the South. Mm-hmm. The South is its own country, regardless of how you look at it. If, if you're black. Native American, Irish, Italian, Poland, if you're not white, pure white bread, then you are looked at differently in the South. Um, it wasn't until 1967 that U.S. banned um, marriages between white and non-white people. Like They actually overturned that, that you couldn't illegally marry in 1967. Alabama didn't remove that interracial law until the 2000. year 2000. That's right. <laughs> so... Let's just put this into a little bit perspective of what you get down south. But some people say, oh, it wasn't that long ago, or it was forever ago. This is 1994. I was four years old in 1994. A high school prom, the principal threatened to cancel the, the prom after he asked some kids, right, do you plan on going with somebody that's not of your race? And a few kids raised their hand. Okay. And he threatened to cancel the prom if they didn't change their mind about that. Alabama is a different, different breed. Absolutely. Um, 1996 in Georgia, um, there was a church where a black man and a white woman had had a baby, and I think the baby died, and they buried the baby at this church. Well, they the pastor fi- found out that the baby was biracial, and actually wanted to dig the baby up and remove him from the cemetery. And then after he lost that fight, he refused to marry them. Um, A couple of, weeks, couple of weeks later And that just shows you The type of things that you get When you go down south Because if you go down south You'll get a culture shock Like for real Like even in Virginia Virginia is one of the greatest examples Because Virginia has We're progressive but we're still south We're still exactly. a southern state It's a little more hidden in right. Virginia Than it is when you go to Alabama Like if you see A black man and a white woman You'll see white people just staring at them like like, just looking at them, you know what I'm right. saying? And that just goes from, you know, having a, a white daughter, me and I, a mixed daughter, and you having a mixed child. If me and my wife is in the store with my daughter, my daughter doesn't have a lot of, um, have a lot of light, um, darkness to her. You know, she could pass for white if, when we say that, right? People, like, literally just stare at us like, we've kidnapped this, right. this, right. this, this girl, you know what I mean? So that's why I said I mean, this. I told
1: it, uh, The other day they was at cheer practice and mom was sitting there talking to somebody else that was black and Lyric was sitting there on the picnic table and the coach said, Lyric, is your mom on the way? She was (laughs) like, nah, my grandma here. She was like, where is she? She was like, right there.
0: Right, and that's, that's something she has to deal with for the rest of her life. So even in the South, after Jim Crow, it said, okay, we could drink from the same water fountain, but there's still this unwritten law that says we shouldn't be that's right. Mixing, right? So you know, even growing up, you know, a, a few of my friends was was mixed, and I never thought of them as white. Right. They've That's always right. been they they been they was the brothers. You know what That's I mean? Right. Even though I may have seen their white mom or white dad, it never dawned on me to think of them as white because normally we think of people as that are mixed as black. But I wanted to talk about the South in specific because if you look at Cuba. The Dominican Republic and Haiti, Haiti. They're, they're, they're great examples to use when it comes to the culture shock so for the people who don't understand Santo Domingue which is the, the island that is now Haiti and split between the Dominican Republic was once just one island one owned by the French one ran by the Spaniards okay until after the Haitian Revolution where they become one and they split again because of their difference of religions but the Dominican Republic, who came from the same places as the Haitians <laughs> off the boat, consider themselves to be European. Why? Because they follow the Spanish way of thinking. The Haitians consider themselves to be more African because they follow that side and not more of the French side. So if you go to Dominican Republic, they'll tell you that they're not black, even though they're probably darker than some black people. That's right. And a lot of them will say that they don't realize that they're black until they come to America until they step foot in the United States and they have to classify as black. That's so right. that's a great example because the Dominican Republic and Haiti don't get along because one look at themselves as black or African, the other one look at themselves as European. Now, absolutely. And, and you, you said it at the very beginning that when you look at the census and, and even the birth certificate, um, people look at choosing your race as an identifier, right? Um, but the identifier works both ways. How do you identify yourself one right, but obviously, how does somebody else identify you, mm-hmm. which is probably the most important you I mean, could you imagine if Barack Obama would select other on the right. on a on the census? That's fine. He can identify as other, but he can't select that for his draft license right right <laughs> Part of it is being able to correctly identify this individual, mm-hmm. so that means if, if you if you have color you're going to have to select something of color, right? Mm-hmm. Because when I look at, if you select white and I pull you over, wait, excuse, me, get out the car. Right. This can't be your driver's license, right? right, right? So obviously it's, two, it's twofold. Part is how do you self-identify? And the second is how does other people identify you when they see you just by appearance alone? So right. now I think people have to take that in consideration. My mom was very light. I actually mm-hmm. have freckles. So, sure. So we know somewhere along the line there's white in my family, mm-hmm. but both of my parents were black. So I'm not biracial, but we know that somewhere along the line that there was some white in my family. Um, Could you imagine if my mom, who could have passed Mm -hmm. for white, white, would have selected white on their driver's license, Mm -hmm. but they see her hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait a minute. No, ma'am. There's no way in the world you're white. You're not not one of us. us. So I think we have to put in perspective that there's two things going on when we talk about identifying. One is self-identifying, which you can select whatever you want, Mm -hmm. whatever you think you identify Mm -hmm. as. Um, and, and we're doing that now with gender, mm-hmm. where people are yeah. d- identifying the gender based on what they think they, they identify with. You can do that. But when it comes to your driver's license, they're going to need to know exactly what you look like for them to say, yeah, this is that person. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's going to be a difference. So you said something key, which is we're, we're, they, the current event is talking about the census that you take, that you can select more than one. Than, but I don't think you can do that if you're in school and you're taking a SOL test. No, no. I don't think you can do that. You couldn't in do some that at the Some states have added things like multiracial, right. biracial. Um, it's always been a other because they kind of link even a you're, lot of people. Even, let's say you're a nine years old and you taking a test or whatever. Um, do you understand that at that, right. that age? To, to, to Probably not. To, because most of the time you're going to identify as what you grew up, like what family you live right. in, right? Absolutely, and then of course what you look like. Right. I mean, you can you can be raised by a white mother or white grandfather, great, whatever. And uh, if you got that nappy kinky hair or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you're gonna know. Right. You know, right. you're gonna know what you are. Right. You know, so um, obviously, I think a lot of it has to do with, like I said, self-identifying w- who you choose to identify with, and you can do that. But that don't mean that people going to treat you as if that's who you really are or what you look like because that's what most people are going to base it on you know when you're discriminated against they don't come to you and ask you are you, are you black or white yeah they are they, they're going on what they <laughs> going see about yeah. what they right. see. Which could because again every, everything ain't black and white sometimes it's colors you say oh uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back and we are back again go to youtube type in the mighty motivation network hit the subscribe button follow up on all the latest episodes go to facebook type in my unapologetic perspective. Um, hit the like button Follow all of the latest clips and, and news So let's just go in real quick Let's just talk about a few uh, Prominent interracial relationships That may have, shipped, uh, may have shifted um, uh, History a little bit uh, The first black The first legal black and white marriage In the United States Was the African American professor William G. Allen And a white student Mary King in 1853 When their plans to marry Were announced Allen narrowly escaped being lynched. Their marriage was secret, and they left the country immediately for England never to return. They got the heck out of Dodge. Um, and, of course, the one that everybody's familiar with, of course, is uh, Mildred and Richard Levin, who, um, in order to evade Virginia's Racial Integrity Act there, they went to D.C. for their ceremony to get married. And on July 8th, me on July 11th, 1958, um, they were asleep in bed where three police officers came in and, and arrested them. Uh, the couple was held off the jail and where they remained there for several days. Um, the country had laws strictly prohibiting marriage between people of different races. Found guilty with the judge, and he informed Mildred, the, the white man, that as long as you live, you will be known as a felon. Um, the, the Lovins moved to relative safety of Washington Belong. To return to their home state in 1963, they approached the American Civil Liberties Union to fight their case in court. After an extensive legal battle, the Supreme Court ruled that laws prohibiting interracial marriage were unconstitutional um, in June 1967. Um, who else? We got. I have some technical difficulties, but I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I'm good. I, I wanted to bring up one other relationship, Andrew Kinney and Mahala Miller, which happened in 1874. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously lived in Washington, D.C., where they were able to get married, but they were actually from Augusta County, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And when they traveled back to Augusta, the same thing happened to them that happened to the Lovings. Although they were residents of Washington, D.C., so it was if they simply just went back to D.C. and it was all good. And you don't hear about that one because obviously they were traveling. But a lot of things did happen during that time that uh, I, I think is important. One of the things is what it was called. You had a they, they violate they found them guilty of violating um, the interracial marriage law. But part of that law had the word integrity. And, and I think that's important is. White America felt like when white people married or had interracial relationships with black people, it somehow, (laughs) it's hard for me to even say, Mm -hmm. decreased the value of that white individual, Mm -hmm. right? And it violated the integrity of the race, of the white race. And it's hard for me to say because I can't believe that a country that, we have endured so much from, but also given so much to felt this way about us in the 1800s and the 1900s in 2000 in Alabama mm-hmm. <laughs> that even to this day, the way that we're treated in by law enforcement, whether we're treated by financial institutions, the way that we're treated by churches mm-hmm. that... <laughs> It's it's hard to even have this conversation. I mean, it really yeah, is. Yeah, right. So when people say that, Jerome, you sound angry. Well, damn it, I got a reason <laughs> to sound angry. If you put this in in perspective, how can you not feel angry? Right. How how can I not? So I remember when you guys dated outside of your race. You know, my only concern was for you, which is, yep. Yeah, Everybody over here might accept it and might be okay with it, and even because we know that even in black communities they don't necessarily like black people who date you know outside their race. we know that, but they're not a threat, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to worry about them doing something to you because you were dating outside your race mm-hmm. on the other side is, on the other side of the street is different concern. Mm-hmm. I was more concerned with how her friends and family was going to accept the fact that you were black. Mm -hmm. That's what I was concerned because those people, as we see, will go through mad extremes to make that not happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we all, we all know people that in high school, they dated uh, outside their race, especially black guys. And I had a friend in particular who dated outside his race. I mentioned this before. And when he graduated, the parents of the girl pressed charges against them because she was, still in school, he had graduated, and ended up going to prison for statutory rape. Mm-hmm. So they will go through the extremes to make sure these type of things doesn't don't, don't happen, and we see that. So I was always concerned about that. And we'll get into some other things regarding how biracial kids are treated, because statistics say in the professional realm, in the financial realm, that they're treated a lot better than blacks. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that, because we already have, in the black community, already have a little bit of dislike towards biracial people mm-hmm. because they're light. They have good hair. They have the good looks. They generally have the good looks. Um, they're yeah. usually going to be smart. The mm-hmm. different so colors. The different color They have all the things that white America Except- has made it acceptable right. and we don't have. Mm-hmm. So we look at them a little different. and you create can, that divide. Yeah, you have everything that the white people accept, but you can still identify as, as us, us. as us. That's right. right. So they, they have the best of both worlds. And so those that don't have that tend to push them out a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So now they're not accepted by their own and they're not accepted by the others. So they're on their own. So they actually have created their own race. So when we talk about and I, you, you guys know, I don't refer to my grandkids as mixed race. Mm-hmm. But I refer to them as biracial because mm-hmm. they, they have parents from two different races. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that they're going to be treated as something other than black or white, mm-hmm. because I don't know what that means. Right. I know how blacks are treated. Mm-hmm. I know how whites are treated. I know how Asians are treated. But if you create another one, how are they going to be treated? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they're going to be treated. So I worry about that. Especially when you talk about some of the concerns, and I'll I'll read you some statistics in a minute, Mm -hmm. because I think it's going to be astounding. But I also don't want to feed the fuel on the other end of people who are not biracial, Mm -hmm. who already have some discontent for people who are biracial. So I need to be careful, because I don't want those folks to start looking at them with any more hatred than they already do. Nothing's changed, man. That's... (laughs) It sounds like the plantation. It does. It sounds like exactly the plantation. Well, we said this, when the victims become the abusers. Right. And that's what's happening. That's exactly what it is. And for the most people who don't know slave history, you know, the black mother wouldn't tell the child that their daddy was the slave owner. That's right. Because you wanted to protect not only the child from the, the, the other slaves, you also want to protect them from the white people. Because, again, you're... You don't fit in no way. That's right. You, you neither would. So you, you hate it. Um, another one that was important was uh, Leonard Kipp, Ryan Lander, and Alice Jones. Um, Leonard came from a, a prominent family, and he married Alice Jones, and it was in a, in a newspaper um, or a magazine or something like that, and the media got a hold of it. And people started to question whether Alice Jones was black or white. And once Leonard found out about this, he filed for a divorce, um, and got outraged about it. And they went to court to try to, you know, uh, get the divorce nullified. And, um, they actually made her strip naked in the middle of the courtroom to check her body, check her teeth, all of these things to see if she was black or white. And they determined that she was still considered white. <laughs> and, but, um, Leonard still wants to go on with the divorce and never talk to her again. That just shows you the humuli- humiliation that she had to go through um just to uh, endure that. But there's been um there's been a lot uh there was a guy named Bill who um was elected mayor in New York 2013. That's right. You know um his his wife his wife was black um with, I think the the kids I think they had they had kids too, right, yeah, they had mm-hmm. kids, but you know a lot of people a lot of people didn't support the interracial marriage and they I, I remember when Barack Obama first won president in his first term, and a lot of people would justify him winning presidency by saying, yeah, because he's part white mm-hmm. as if the part white is what made him win presidency and I- I'm going to give you this information. It's out there. Most people may have read it, but most people don't want to mention it. I, and I know we're going to get into what Sage still said, but obviously, probably nobody is more aware of their ancestry than Obama. Mm-hmm. But in 2012, uh, Ancestry.com announced that uh, Barack Obama's mom, Ann Dunham, her real name was Stanley Ann Dunham, uh, her mother was a descendant of John Punch who was an enslaved African man who lived in 17th century colonial Virginia. Yes. So he may not be identifying as black because of his dad. He may be identifying as black because he is black. Right, right. <laughs> We're we, we going to we gonna get to, to that comment in a minute. But you, you talked about interracial dating, us interracial dating, but even interracial dating in high school today is still looked at as um, looked frowned upon. Because it, again, it's still that unwritten rule that it was forbidden. That's right. You know, I, I know I've dated, friends have dated um, outside of the race, and again, we could tell y'all about it, but she couldn't tell her parents about it. That's if right. you've seen them in public, you had to act like you ain't know them. You know what I mean? Because their their friends teased them about it, their That's family right. teased them about it. Um, they would they would say nigga lovers" all the time. You know That's what right. I mean? Um, some of those parents actually speak to me today. And look like we don't remember that their, that their kids said that they allowed to date outside the race, right? That's
1: why I was gonna say for me, the most important interracial relationship for me came in high school. And I ain't gonna say names, but amazing black guy. Uh, his mom had health conditions early, so he was taking care of his little brother and sister. Straight A student, was dating a white girl. He loved her. She loved him. They dated for three years that we was in high school. The mom found out that he was black and they had to end the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for me, it was, I never, this is really, really why I never dated outside of my races because I never wanted to fall in love with someone I couldn't be with. Right.
0: That's, that's right. Um. Let's look at real quick. Let's look at some of the effect this may have on us, the the parents. Uh, um, we've seen mixed kids actually change some of the racist views of white people um, uh, by forcing them to. Well, some of the they, don't, they don't have views by black people. right, right. They, they don't have to, but you know we, we know a lot of times that the grandparents end up raising some of the kids, and when you got this mixed baby running around. You know, you really start to look at them and say, this racism thing is stupid. You know, That's right. this is still my grandkid. This is somebody that I love and I bring in. But again, um, I watched the documentary on, it was a girl who was from Hawaii, and but his, her parents were from Alabama. So she never endured racism because living in Hawaii, almost everybody's biracial or mixed right. with something. So she said when she moved to Alabama that it was a, a huge culture shock for her because, you know, people teased her about her hair. People teased her about her eyes and she couldn't understand the, the mixed viewpoint. And she said, you know, her on her mom's side, the white family, she met her grandfather one time. He hugged her, but he, she said we didn't have a relationship. She said I didn't have any relationship with anybody on my mom's side of the family. None of them wanted anything to do with me and everybody embraced me on my father's side but she she just couldn't understand or wrap her head around the fact that just because her father was black that the family wouldn't even consider her to be family That's right. um that just shows you how deep you know this stuff this stuff goes you know you know you constantly get that that look that that double take in public um People are going to look at you. People are going to have opinions mm-hmm. of you. You're always going to be the topic of discussion from people who are not in your, in your relationship. They you stare know I mean? at you. Yeah. You know? It, it's, um, do you, uh, I think the question that they're going to get asked the most is, what are you? Right. And, and it's funny because how many of you guys ever dated a girl and asked her what are you? Yeah. They, they're a woman, they're a human being. That's really right. right. all you <laughs> care it. about, right? Yeah. But they're going to go a step further. And it's, it's mostly going to be white America are going to ask them, what are you? Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is, what are you mixed with? But when you say, what are you? That's like saying I'm some kind of an animal. Right. Right? right. You know, which that's how they view us anyway. Right. They just want to know, are you white are or are you black? You black? Right? They want to know. I got to know. That just shows you how much alive it is today. You know what I mean? Very much so. So, we talk about that America is the first person to put black and white in the law books in the world, like actually distinguish race by black and white. And we still ask people in 2021 are you black or are you white? That's right. You know, what what do you identify as? Um, You know, but it's, and you got to deal with the jokes from your friends. Uh, I bet I bet you that food unseasoned, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, You know I I bet you you know uh, your food might have too much salt or sugar. Eating that soul food, like like that's right. I bet she can't dance. You know you know it's it's the little jokes like that that may seem funny, but if you have a biracial kid, it's It's not not something it's Mm -hmm. not it's not funny anymore. You know what I mean? Because now we're gonna get to that in a second. Even when
1: our daughters are standing side by side. And somebody might say to your daughter, "Oh my God, her hair is beautiful." Right. And it's like, so you saying my daughter's hair not beautiful and because it really is. my niece, my niece has long straight hair. You saying that their hair is different, <laughs> that's
0: right? right. And, and you know, and, my my daughter deals with that all the time. You know, that's why I say, you know, for the kids, it's kind of harder because you may be. Too black to be white, and you too white to be black. Mm-hmm. That's right. So a lot of the black girls tease my daughter about her long black hair. Right. You know what I'm saying?
1: She had one black girl tell her, "You think you all that because your hair long."
0: That's right. Now I, I want to let y'all know I'm not I'm not texting over here. All right, <laughs> I, I'm actually using my phone because I ran into a issue uh, last night that um <laughs> it, I can't make this up. All right, we talked a couple of weeks ago about racial profiling and how police look at black people, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have internet service at home because of where I live. And sometimes, especially during this time of year, I don't have a strong cell signal. So I can't even use my phone as a hotspot to get online. So as I'm doing my research, I had I had no way of doing it. So right. I went into a parking lot of a, of a company, uh, a business, so I could use my phone as a hotspot because I had 5G's, okay? <laughs> and it was all, it, when I pulled in, a car pulled in, a Few parking spaces for me right after I did. And I'm there for like 20 minutes, and you know, I'm doing my research and I'm transferring information onto my laptop. And a cop pulls up. And you know, I have a windows down. I didn't have any music on, so I wasn't banging, yeah. you know, and cop pulls up and says, Um, is everything okay? Uh yeah, I mean, I'm you you see I got my laptop up, right? Well, I mean, what's what's the problem? And he says, well, I just rode by and I saw you parked here. So I was just concerned that you was having some issues. Now, I had no issues except you, you know. And he said, okay, um, you don't have to be nasty about it. I said, well, you did not have to interrupt what I'm doing. Am I breaking the law? And he said, no. Said, so why are you here? I just want to make sure you're okay. I'm, obviously, I'm talking to you, so I'm good. There's nobody in the vehicle. I'm good. So I'm thinking he's going to go say something to the vehicle next to me. He no. does not. He drives off. People next in the vehicle next to me, white, and it's two people, mm-hmm. right? He didn't he didn't approach them at all. He pulls off. So I'm heated about that, but okay, I'm there to do something. Let me do it. But I just want to say that's why I don't have this information on my laptop because of that. Thanks, right. officer. But, <laughs> but I want to talk about multiracial adults and uh how they talk about the background and the disadvantage or what they thought was a disadvantage. Multiracial adults. Say that nineteen percent has been a disadvantage in being multiracial seventy six percent says has not made a difference at all, and four percent says there's been a little bit of a disadvantage mm-hmm. so and I thought that was I thought that was telling, but it goes a little bit further, so for if we look at whether it's a disadvantage overall. And this is not just adults, but also minority, uh, um, uh, minors. If the person was white only, there was a, 65, a 65% chance that they were going to benefit from being white only in comparison to 3% for black only, 4% for Asian only for the multiracial, it goes, jumps up to 87% of a biracial individual having an advantage mm-hmm. than any other race. The only one that does not exceed is white only in the financial sector and the private social <laughs> sector. So that's saying that it's when a white group has control over the organization, mm-hmm. they have the say. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was, so even though biracial people are going to have a better opportunity, financial education, all those good things, when it still comes to getting into white owned establishments, they're still going to say, nope, don't care that you went to Stanford. Don't care that you graduated. Don't even care that you look white. Right. No, no, because you checked black. (laughs) That's (laughs) what you identify with. Right i I don't understand that that level of hate is beyond me, mm-hmm. and right. I hate a lot of things I mean, I hate Mississippi, I hate Alabama <laughs> I hate Louisiana, hell, I hate Florida <laughs> right, but that that's beyond me because I will travel to those states if I have to right right, but you ain't letting a black person in even if they got the qualifications and look like you just because they're black right. And- There are some there's some pros um, that I've I've, watched some uh, well read some people's statements on some pros that they get. One of the things, of course, is um, by being in an interracial uh, relationship, you get a new perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of white people that I still know today that dated black guys in high school continue to date black guys because they started to see racism from the black perspective then. Because now you get the same treatment as the black man would get. So if you're dating this person now, you're a nigga lover. That's so right. now you're being discriminated against. We don't want you in our crowd because you date a black person. You get the hatred right. from your family. So you get that perspective. Also, the black person get a perspective of the white family. You know, uh, especially if they accept you in, you you see the different culture. You see the different mentality. You see the different values. Um, You see a lot of different things. You can actually change your negative way of, of thinking because a lot of black households have a lot of negative way of thinking. And it opens up a lot of um, mental opportunities that you would never get if you dated, you know, uh, uh, um, just in your own race. It gives you—that's right. If, I, I call it not thinking outside of the is acting like the box didn't, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Um, but what what that does that people who are in a, in a racial relationship, you know, they break the boundaries of what true love is. You know, no matter what's going to come at me, no matter what happens, no matter what nobody says, how many people stare at us. You know, we're going to continue to love each other unconditionally. We're going to raise our biracial kids unconditionally and teach them, you know, that this way of thinking is so stupid. You know, that's a I'm not a I don't don't know if it's Star Trek or Star Wars or some one of those star things. Right. But there was a Star Trek episode where. They were. Around these um, aliens and one per, one of the alien's side of the face was black the left side of the face was black and the right side was white and then there was another alien that he was fighting their right side of their left side of the face was white their right side of the face was black so star trek was showing us just how stupid this is right. because you're only fighting because the the one side of your face is black and the other side of your face is you're white you're like just opposite from the person that you're fighting and that just shows you how some of the things that we do is actually actually, stupid. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I, I know you guys probably didn't watch Dave Chappelle, but Dave Chappelle had a skit one time where he was a blind Ku Klux Klan <laughs> yeah. member. And he was a speaker. And he would go out and have these speeches about blacks, you know. And um, nobody, it was only one person that knew he was actually black. And he always made sure that he had his hood on when yeah. he was in public. Well, one day they pulled his hood off and showed that he was black and they was like do you realize you black <laughs> and then he went into this deep depression and got a divorce from his white wife and they said well why'd you divorce your <laughs> wife that you loved all these years because she was a nigga love <laughs> <laughs> so you know at the end of the day you're absolutely right they hate blacks but they tend to hate whites more for accepting them black. and loving them as an equal yeah. because you're jeopardizing that integrity of the race. Integrity or supremacy. Or supremacy. Right. That's right. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. And we are back. And we're going to jump right in. So um, let's jump into like some of the effects of, uh, of, the, of the, the kids, the biracial kids. You know, we t- I talked about, of course, you know, it's the, um, I know a lot of people have said that they were considered outcasts. You know, they're, they're too black to be white. They're too white to be black. Um, a lot of them have, uh, mental health issues of, uh, being isolated because they're not knowing how to identify. You're not knowing. And it comes to also have to turn it on and turn it off. You know, to be honest with you, I watch my daughter sometimes and, you know, I, I see the way she acts around her black friends and see the way she acts around her white friends and they're actually different. You know, the way that she speak is different. The, The music they talk about is different. And it's almost like even at the age of 10, they never intermingle. It's never the group chat with a black girl and a white girl. It's two separate chats, two separate conversations, two separate um, lives. And you know, that can be diminishing because you you end up playing both sides. You know what I'm saying? Because you you feel like you don't fill fit in anywhere. And when you feel like you don't fit in anywhere, you end up isolating yourself altogether. Um, I,
1: I can't speak for um all multi-race kids but i can't speak for my niece is i think one reason she's able to do you know when she's with the white people act like you know white people when she's with the black girls she act like the black girls uh to me that's a skill number one number two i think she i think because she identifies with both she does white and, and black and and that's one of one. the things
0: that i always you know have pushed on her that you know even though you're you are half black you're raised in a black household you know you you know the black culture It's still important for you to embrace your white side because you are that and that's again that goes back to my own personal things because there were some things that i used to say around her and not even thinking that i'm saying it around her right you know right. what i'm saying it could be you know that um all these white people doing this or white people doing that or the um White joke or not all that stuff like the dance and stuff any anything that 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 black people normally laugh at, I started to started to think to myself like doing this research like dang, that probably affected her, yeah. and she might have laughed at the time, but mm-hmm. it still might have affected her, thinking, I'm doing the same thing like as Dad said, you know, we're becoming the abusers now, okay. I'm doing the same thing that they once did to us by you know talking about them and then making. Other white people feel bad about certain things why my daughter is half white so now I'm bringing her down her white side when she is that mm-hmm. you know she 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 is half white you know what I mean she she has to deal with that for the rest of her life and not necessarily a bad thing because you can again; it opens up so many perspectives because she doesn't understand racism. Right, she does not understand it. She can't figure out. She's infatuated with learning about it because she just don't understand how one group of people cannot like another group of people based on skin. That's she doesn't right. understand it because it does not make sense for anybody to understand it. It's the right. dumbest thing in the world.
1: That's a, even little things like when all of the kids is maybe dancing and then. You have a family member say, look at Lyric. Slow down, Lyric. You dance the tooth. And it's like you're, because she's the only one that's mixed, right. you're pointing out that she can't dance like the other kids. Right. And you don't, as a parent, that's hurtful because like now you are singling out the one child that maybe is not dancing like the rest of the
0: kids. Exactly. And a lot of kids feel that way because they feel pressured by society or the parents or whatever the case may be. To choose one. Right. That's right. Just check one box. Which one are you? So <laughs> so they did a biracial survey. And what they did is they asked three sets of groups of people what the three, the top three stereotypes were for their particular race. So for white people, they said that, I'm not going to say all three, but they were basically, one was privileged and one was um Racist. Right. That was two of the three. I don't remember what the third one was. For black people, the biggest stereotype that they heard of regarding blacks was uh, angry, violent criminals. Right. For the biracial group, the top three things had to do with how they're being uh, outcast. Mm -hmm. They're being called out as being different, um, not treated the same. So it was something personal about them where the other ones were more about the race, not necessarily individual, where it was something personal about them that they obviously would take as a personal attack. And of course, those are the type of things that lead to depression. Those are the kind of things that lead to people uh, not having a lot of friends, which you guys just outlined that, you know, usually the biracial kid doesn't have a group of friends by the age of 10, which Mm -hmm. is- unusual. Um and a lot of that is done by society by stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, white America is not the only ones to do that. We we also have the habit of doing that as well. Um singling out a particular group, especially when we look at um biracial kids.
1: Mm-hmm. I was gonna say uh that's happened to me by family members. Um and to those family members I no longer talk to because when they would see me or my mom, they would say, "Uh, which kid is this? Is this Shaquan's other kid?" What?
0: What do you mean? What do you oh, mean? Other, do you mean yeah. other? All my
1: kids are, are my, my kids. kids. So, uh, singling one out because he's mixed, and my other three are not. Mm-hmm. And to those family members, I I no longer even have a conversation with because I mean now at at soccer, yes, my son plays soccer. That's right. <laughs> my other three kids they don't play soccer, but this one plays soccer most of the time. I am the
0: only black guy there. <laughs> right. And you know, there's a there's a book, and they made a movie about it. The movie is actually called Skin. I think you can find it on Netflix, I believe. Um, it's about a woman named Sandra Lane, uh, who yes. grew up in uh South Africa. But Sandra Lane is born to two white parents in South Africa. Now, before I go more into this story, most people have to understand when you say South Africa, Africa was colonized the same way America was. That's right. So the same Jim Crow that went on in the South was going on in South Africa as well. Um, But Sandra Lang was born to two white parents, but she looked black. Her hair hair was black and nappy. Um, I think she had brown eyes, Mm -hmm. darker complexion skin. And she was only around, at a certain age, she was only around Kids that looked like her because there were still Africans that were, you know, the maids or whatever, still living there. So she only she identified with these kids and nobody ever talked about it. But once she went to school again, just like segregation in the United States at the time, she was going to an all white school. And when they got there, the, the teacher, you know, basically is like, I think you're in the wrong place. And she's like, no, nah, I'm in the right place. Like my daughter is white. Like, there was no affair. My daughter's white. She just happened to be darker. So they let her go to the school. They also have a son who's white, and they go to the school, and the kids pick on her. The teachers really don't want to teach her because they think she's black, and they ended up taking it to the court and doing analysis like they do, like what they call science. Look at your teeth. Look at your mouth. Look at your your, uh, bone structure to see if you were black, and they identified her as being black and the daddy fought it to the court and they overturned it to where she was able to go back, but she got picked on, all of these other things. So she was identified as white after they go to the court. As she gets older, she falls in love with the South African black man. And when she falls in love with the South African black man, it's against the law because she considered white, even though they're around the same (laughs) skin complexion. So in order to marry this man, she has to go back to the court, and want to identify as black. <laughs> and she ends up doing that. And the parents don't want to speak to her no more. They out, they out with her. The father wanted nothing to do with it. The mother kind of wanted to do something with it. But she had to follow the the, the, the rules of the father. And she ends up marrying the guy. Having babies by him. Biracial kids. Um, And the dude ended up leaving her. So she begins to want to talk to her parents again, but they don't want to talk to her because she's black. And she actually ended up rekindling with her mother when her mother was in a um, nursing home. home. But her father, I don't think she really ever spoke to him again. He never Um, did. And this just shows you like, what she had to go through from a different perspective. So the parents had to go through something from having a black child, but still impose their racist views on a child that was darker complexion because yeah. they considered her to still be white. And again, it just shows you how stupid this whole That's concept right. is. Ancestry.com also has an article about uh, her as well that what, as I said at the beginning of the podcast is that her parents, uh, although they were born in South Africa of white parents somewhere along the line had black ancestry because their third child was also <laughs> the same yeah. white. Yeah. So, so there are probably no pure races and, 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 and we know in America anyway, mm-hmm. but probably in the world, there are probably no pure races left in the world, more than likely. And everybody can go on Ancestry.com and do a little do a little test and have people say, well, I know I'm 80% African <laughs> and, you know, come back and it's like 22%, <laughs> right? 80% just because you black and you we can't see your hairline, that don't mean that you're 100% African, right. you know? Your, your ancestry <laughs> might go back to Moorish. Italy, Portugal, Spain, Native American. It it can go back a whole lot of different places. But you know, um, there was this one quote that I seen that I actually liked. There was um, uh, so I've been called ethnically and and um by more than one person. It makes me feel like a blank state sometimes. But in some ways it is cool because I feel like if someone's trying to identify with you or call you one of them, that creates openness to actually connect with people. So they embrace the fact that they're uh, biracial, um, to open up to people to, to be more diverse than, you know, other people. But again, we're talking about black and white, but you also have to understand that Asian Americans go through the same thing mm-hmm. because That's it wasn't right. just, you couldn't marry black and white. It was like uh, you any know, any, any, any type of any mixture they did not right. want to happen. You know, Jews, they didn't want whites wearing, marrying Jews. They didn't want to marry an Irish. They didn't want to marry an Italians. You know what I mean? So when you look at when we talk about the word race, if you weren't purebred, the um French, Spaniards, English, Dutch, those type, they didn't want you to to intermingle. But uh it says multicultural children are also often subject to institutional discrimination from government, private, and public organizations. Many schools do not permit multiracial students to choose more than one race on uh demographic forms which we talked about um a few cute people who were mixed people um you know a lot of people looked at Meghan Markle and marrying Prince Harry thinking that was the first time that you know in the royal family but Queen Charlotte was a descendant of a Moor, and uh um and Portugal King Alfonso III Beethoven has said that his mother was Moor. they when, when he was a kid they would right. actually call him the Moor, um because he, his hair was um, kinky, um, and he had African futures. Alexander Hamilton was born on the Caribbean island. Did, uh, the illegitimate son of a Scottish immigrant father and a British West Indian mother who happened to be married to someone else. Even but, though he didn't act like it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> even uh, if George Washington would have found this out, he probably would have sold him too. Yeah. Um, Jackie Kennedy, you know, she had black ancestry in her family. Um, her. Uh, her father was also nicknamed Black Jack because mm-hmm. of his dark skin complexion. Uh, Frederick Douglass' father was white. His he um, it was assumed that his father was one of the slave owners. Booker T. Washington as well. Absolutely. He's also mixed with some Native American. And one of the, the recent conversations that Black people have been having is Bob Marley. Excepting Bob Marley because Bob Marley's um I think Bob Marley's mother was white, I believe. And a lot of they that come up with the concept that if you you go by what your mother is, um, is what some people say. Yeah. No. Yeah. But anything else to say? Well, let's um let's So going it. back to the current events. Let's get to it. Agree or disagree? In between, what y'all got?
1: I would say I'm gonna get mine out of the way. I'm gonna say disagree. Um, and I made a I mean I remember I made a comment. I think my niece probably was like six or seven when I made the comment. Uh, about her mom, and she let me know, like, hey, Uncle Kwan, like, that kind of hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I was saying was, just and just because her mom is not that prevalent in her life like that, doesn't make her less white, right? And for Sage still to say that, just because Barack Obama's dad wasn't in his life, or well, he might not know his dad, doesn't make him not black.
0: His, his father actually died in a car accident, that's, yeah, that's, yeah.
1: That yeah. doesn't make him not black.
0: But he, yeah. he did not have a prominent role in his life. I think he only saw him the last time he actually saw his dad, Barack was ten years old, I believe. But he did have a, a relationship uh, with his family though, right? Yeah, his right. grandmother right. with, right. with yeah. his yeah. dad's mom. Right. Yeah, his his family back in in uh you know in Kenya. Um obviously Barack talks about his grandmother a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um but I, I agree with Shawan. I mean, um, that's the part that I think she was wrong. Because I think that's the biggest part of the connection is because otherwise, why would you say that? Right. Right. Why would you even mention the part about if he wants to identify with his black father who wasn't in his life? Then you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. Why would you mention that mm-hmm. if that's not your point? Now, if, without that, if she takes that out and says if he wants to identify as black right. because his dad is black, then good for him. Yeah. Um, but do you have to accept all the things that come along with that? So if she would have said that, I think at least I would have been okay Mm -hmm. with that because that's true. Um, I would identify, if I was mixed, I would identify with black because I'm black and I'm proud. That's me. But if somebody would have told me that at age seven and said, you're going to go through some things if you do that, you can have this if you choose to identify with white versus being black. Maybe i choose something different. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. But obviously you can choose, as I said before, you can choose to identify whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to identifying you, for somebody else to identify you, right. it needs to be what you physically look like. Right. Right. So for Barack, he could not have chosen anything other than other, and then they would have asked him, "Well, when you say other, what are you?" Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. you can't choose other on your driver's license. You go down to DMV and check. Okay. That it's an identifier, not just for you, but for other people. So in your census, identify whoever you want. Right. You know, I don't know if you guys ever did a census. Most of the time, I never checked anything when it came to race. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to you don't have to check race on the census. In Mm -hmm. fact, you really ain't got to fill out if you don't want to. But here's why I think it's important that you do fill it out and you select the appropriate race. The census is what determines money Mm -hmm. to your community, right? So if nobody in the black community is filling out the consensus, the census, and nobody is putting their exact real, true identifier, not what you identify with, mm-hmm. but when someone sees you, what they see you as, mm-hmm. if you're not putting that down, it could determine the lack of funds being distributed to your your, your area. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately you're gonna feel the effects of that. Mm-hmm. So when you find out that there's no free lunch programs, when there's no programs in your community for at-risk kids, when you, you don't have after-school activities and then have an activity bus Running to take them home afterwards. That's because you didn't, you and your community didn't fill out that census, and you weren't honest about it. Right. Um. I, I, which all I disagree because of the statement that she made to to go along with it, and I say that because I believe that Sage Steals was right in what she said for her. That's Doesn't right. mean it has that's to be right for right. Barack Obama, right? Because to understand this whole concept, again, this is why we went through this whole episode and went through the history of it. You have to understand one's history to understand what they endured or what they, the, the environment they was in for to make them want to identify as that. That's right. So this is the reason why I brought up the Dominican Republic. Because when you talk about Hispanics or uh, Puerto Ricans or whatever the case may be, on the island, they may be identified as one way. But if you go up to Harlem, if you go up to Brooklyn, the Queens, you know, to Chicago, to, to these places where they're in their own places mixed with black people, they would identify as black. That's right, because they get the same treatment as black people. Barack Obama grows up and well lives for a, a long period of time in Chicago. So when you talk about the North side and the south side of Chicago, You're talking about two different places where he probably identifies more with the South side of Chicago, which makes him identify more as black. He's married to a black woman. He has what we considered black kids. So he identifies as that because that is the environment that he probably was raised in. Also, his roots goes back to Hawaii as well, too, right? That's right. So a lot of times he probably would not identify as a white European because of the way that he was raised, and the and the way the things that he was around, the school he attended, who what friends did he have? Like I said, I got mixed friends. They identify as black. Why? Because they hung out with us. They were raised in a certain household. They was raised around a certain um aspect of of principles and values and concerns. So when you do that, that gives you the 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 way to identify yourself. Right. He's not saying that he's not half. Have whatever right. he's saying that on the census of what he identifies as in America. That's right. That's all. So when you can't you can't base that off somebody else's history that you don't know about. The same still right. may be different. Can, can, do you think he would have won presidency? And for, and I hope you put a picture up of Barack when he was sitting with his mom. I think he was like ten. All right. I'm gonna put a picture yeah. up of him, Kamala Harris. All. Yeah, put <laughs> a picture of him when he was like ten or eleven. Could you imagine if he would have identified as white and ran for president of the United <laughs> right. States? Right. <laughs> you, you think he would have won? Right. You think he would have won? People would have said, this guy's a liar. Something's wrong with this guy. He's right. saying he's white. Look at him. This guy's not white. And we would have did the exact opposite. We just did that with Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's right. You know, when we seen his family and, and they wanted to be accepted into Greek citizenship, they said, well, he might identify as being Greek, but he's that That's brother right. black. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So we do it too. So. Again, this is an important conversation for all the, not just the biracial for people, for people who are around biracial people. This is an important conversation to understand some of the things that you say, that these people are people who identify or may identify as both, who may go back and forth between households. They may stay with their white mother and their black father on the weekends or the weekdays and they have to already go back and forth between those cultural diversities. The last thing they need to do is hear jokes about one or the other, because the only thing you're doing is place them in the middle mm-hmm. and isolate them, and that's the new form of racism.
1: Make you them even more right. confused. So, so most
0: of the time, it's the adults that's doing it. Yeah. right. And and when you look at the United States, if you we if we continue on this path. They will be the majority of the United States, biracial people. That's right. And that is the melted pot of the United States. That's what happens when you mix black and white. So for the people who are white supremacy or or black supremacy, think about the things that that you are doing and the more separation that you are are making. And we're on the plantation again. You know, lighter people in the house, better treatment, the darker people outside, and we hate each other. That's right. And one last thing, I brought up, you know, the the Haitian situation, because in Haiti, the mulattoes were, they could own property, as we talked about on the podcast episode before, they could own property, they could do certain things, but they looked down on the black slaves, even though the white people looked down on them. So there was a hierarchy and mixed people felt like they were better because of their European futures. So the last thing we want to do with biracial people is separate them into their own category and create a new form of racism like we did on the plantation. Thank y'all for tuning in. We love y'all. Peace.